Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Biz Bites. Now, I've got a guest that we've had before on the show, and the reason we're doing that, he kind of challenged me to turn things around a little bit uh, to ask me a few questions. So I thought that sounded like a reasonable idea to do. So, Rick, thank you for joining us again. Thank you so much, Anthony. I really appreciate you taking up this opportunity because, you know, I know that over the years you've been interviewing all these people and, you know, we're all finding about all these people, but we're not hearing any of the pearls of wisdom that are coming from you. No pun intended, right? <laughs> <laughs> pun intended. <laughs> so, yeah, so I thought that it would be a good idea to talk with you about your business. And I think a good place to start is, you know, we, we said on one of your podcasts, we spoke about that quite often business people know their business people fairly early on in their lives. You know, they might go out and, you know, sell something, sell lemonade at their, you know, front of their house or find something to, to make some money from. And they quickly get hooked on this idea that ideas can sell. And so my question to you is, when did you know you were a business person? Did you have one of those experiences growing up? Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, so my, my um, very heavily influenced, obviously, by, by my father, but also my, my grandfather. And so my, my grandfather or my grandparents, uh, indeed, were Holocaust survivors. And so when they came to Australia, they had literally nothing. And um, they um, had the wherewithal not only to survive, but then to uh, establish their own business. And they started a clothing business for, for children that um, really they had nothing. And they didn't even necessarily have experience in that area before. I'm, I'm, I'm not entirely sure why they chose that particular area, but but they did. And they started that business and grew it enormously through huge amounts of hard work over the years, but a definite love for it. And obviously, you know, we witnessed that it was well and truly established by the time my myself and my sister came along. And so we were we were the grandchildren being dressed by their clothing label at that time. Uh, and uh, and and that was. Um, you know, that was definitely a huge influence in terms of that entrepreneurship. And, and indeed, my father, you know, ha, um, was a pharmacist and, um, you know, seeing how he had his own business and had that control. And I think when I first started working for anyone, realizing the lack of control was a, um, was, was a huge um, uh, influence. And I, I actually remember my first job was in Grace Brothers. Uh, for those of you that are not um, not old enough, that's Myers um, these days. Um, but it was Grace Brothers in those days. And it was, I think, amongst one of the smallest stores um, that they had. And I remember I started working and I was working in the, in the men's area. And uh, day one, and I had uh, someone come up to me and say, oh, I'm sorry, could you tell me where such and such department is. And I started walking them there to that department and, um, you know, and, and generously kind of handed them over to where it was when we got close enough. As I got back, my manager kind of wrapped me over the knuckles and said, you're allowed to point in the general direction. You're not allowed to, you're not allowed to leave your station and move that way. And I thought, 
well, that's just ridiculous. That's not good service. What's going on here? And I and I think that um, you know, though, and I and and I think I similarly experienced those frustrations over the years when I when I was working for other people, where I, I felt that need that I wanted to do things my way, and it was very interesting. I was working for a. a what ultimately became a publicly listed company and quite large at the time. And I had a terrific relationship with the CEO. And uh, I remember one day having a conversation with him and saying, I want to go out on my own. And he said to me at the time, you're not ready. And um, I, I actually took that on board. And he was certainly in hindsight, he was absolutely right. I wasn't ready. And I think then, but then I perhaps got in my own way for a little while and probably didn't go out as soon on my own as soon as I I might have done. But I remember um, hearing an interview one day uh, with um, Jerry Harvey and John Singleton being interviewed together. They, they're two great mates, and uh, I can't remember which one. I'm pretty sure it was it was Jerry Harvey who said, uh, "If you haven't gone out on your own as an entrepreneur by the time you turn forty, it's never going to happen." And I was 39 at the time, and uh, and I went, mm, that's not good. I need to go out on my own. And uh, I remember having a conversation with a with a colleague uh, that I'd worked with over the years in in different ways, and he said, just do it. And and literally within two weeks, I did it. Um, and, and a few circumstances collided, which which made that quite possible. And. Uh, and I've been hooked ever since, and and I think that that's so. The, the the entrepreneur's journey is a really is a really different one, perhaps to the reason why I do what I do. But it's uh, it, it's certainly very heavily influenced, um, particularly I guess by my my upbringing, and uh, you know having family that always had their own business. So it's just that independence is something that um, I guess I've always craved, and the idea of being employed uh, again just oh, just fills me with dread. <laughs> being so your your motivation was very much about having that freedom rather than having that control over the top of you mm. and so you went out and you you started your journey on your own what was the biggest challenge you had in the very very beginning because was it a mindset thing was it a system thing was it a structural thing was it a what was it? I think what it was the yeah. I challenge? think it, I, I think it was as much about mindset and, and confidence, um, and uh, knowing if I was going to be able to, you know, sink or swim, as they say. Um, you know, I kind of set myself uh, simple goals where you know I'd been I'd I'd left a job that I'd been in for a while. I had a bit of a a payout that would keep me going for a short period of time. So I'd set. Uh, a, uh, I'd, I'd set sort of goals of saying, look, if I don't have a client by this point, then I'm going to need to look for a job. I quickly passed that point and it sort of kept going from there. But I think I, I remember very distinctly the first main piece of work that I had. And I still tell the story to people about what happened there. And I, I certainly won't name who the client was, but I remember they engaged me to run a series of workshops to help define the organization a little bit better. And uh, I knew a little bit about who they were, but I wanted to do my research beforehand just to, to, so I could work out how I was going to target these, these workshops that I'd said I would run. And, and, and I got my foot in the door, by the way, by someone who I'd worked with previously who'd moved to this organization who found out I was going on my own and said, you'd be great for here. 
And um, it was, I remember I rang the reception. Well, I first did my research online and looked at, and I, and I realized that the messaging that they had was not matching anywhere. What you saw on, on social media didn't match what was on the website and it didn't match what was in their, you know, brochures and reports. There was just this confusion. And I rang their reception and said, um, can you uh, tell me a little bit about the organization, what they're doing? I'm doing some research. And the reception sort of went, um, well, um, um, yeah, look, uh, is it, um, you know, would it be okay if I put you through to a manager? And I said, no, no, that's fine. Let's just leave it at that. And I, and I kind of had a realization of knowing what I needed to do, how to get started. And, and I've, and I've realized that uh, more and more over the years that, where I have a particular skill is in that restarting and that reconfiguration of people and making people realize that they where, where they need to realize that and making it um, uh, obvious to them uh, so that we can we can move forward from there. And that particular organization, I remember I walked into a a meeting that we had um, uh, we had everyone from board members down to you know general workers. Uh, in what was a, a reasonable size organization. And uh, before they started and any discussion was started, I asked them all to grab a piece of paper without talking to anyone and say, please write down in a sentence or two what the organization does. And I then took all of those. It was a we were we, we weren't at the point where everyone was having laptops on their on their uh, uh, on their desk, so had to do a bit of the uh, the hand collating things and reading things out. But um, nobody was even close to agreeing with one another. Like they just didn't even know what they did. And um, and so there was a. It was great to find that then that that starting point and going from there. And I think that has been you know, it was symbolic of what I was doing in my early career as well, because, um, you know, my career started uh, largely in, in radio and probably my thir- the first main job that I had outside of um, uh, outside of university. Well, it wasn't the first main job, but it was the biggest job that I had um, was in uh, working on a program, a talkback program where the audience was minimal. And the the format of the show was terrible, and um, we needed to change that. So we work. I worked with the announcer quite closely, and we changed that and rebuilt and rebuilt an audience and built it to a point where we were the leading audience on the station that had, um, well, the biggest names in radio at the time uh, were on that station, and we were a bigger audience than they were, and most people didn't realize that. Um, and I think there was a lot of lessons out of that that has just carried on through my through my career in in reestablishing those foundational elements and growing audiences um, in a, in an authentic way. So what you what you had in the beginning was to me sounds like it was kind of like the stepping stones that ultimately that would lead you to your current business because you know isn't that what you do in your current business? hundred percent. You you bring people together, you get them unified, you get them focused, and you you help them to be able to get that common message. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And and it, and it all dates back to you know a fascination I had when I was a little kid with radio. I remember my parents. I think it was my parents bought me a crystal radio set that you had to build. 
I, when I said build, it wasn't too much. It was string a couple of wires yeah. together, right? But it, it was it. one of those, those things you did. I've still got it somewhere and tucked away in a cupboard in a box somewhere. But there's a um, and and I ran wires out the window and everything in order to be able to um, listen to the radio and listen to more than just the, the standard kind of AM radio at the time. And I remember being not only excited about you know listening to it, but it was sharing the information that I'd heard that other, I knew other people wouldn't have heard, and sharing that in those days it was you know sharing it in school to the other kids, you know, and that continued on forever. So my you know my fascination was always in that ability to share the the messages and build build those relationships, and I think that's the key thing that I've learned as well. It's building one on one relationships with people, and and that's definitely been a, a major focus for the business, um, you know, in the program and things that I offer, um, you know, it, it's really about how do you tell stories that authentically engage people? Because it was the biggest lesson from building large audiences in radio. It's actually not about the masses. It's about making sure you, you, you're you having a conversation with one person. And if people feel like you're talking to them or or they're feeling like they're, they're really glad to be a fly on the wall to that conversation, then you're going to win much more than trying to talk to everybody. And it's it's a an important differentiation in the way you approach things. It works massively in radio and it works in business even better. And I think too often people try to be everything to everybody and in so doing are nothing to anyone. You've got to get you know, you've got to have those specific conversations and be authentic and storytell. And that's the big thing that I've loved is, you know, if I go back to the kid and it was me telling stories of what I'd heard overnight to the telling this, you know, businesses telling their stories. You know, w- you know, when we talked in a previous podcast, you know, you sharing your story. And I love that. I love people's stories of what's what's motivated them and why they've got into it and what their journey is. And 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 I think that's the fascinating thing is that you know, you and I probably talk to a lot of businesses who effectively are the same profession, right? I know you talk to a lot of coaches. I talk to a lot of people yeah. in different professions that might be accountants or, you know, it could be anyone. But, you know, it's it's easy to say, look, an accountant is an accountant is an accountant. A coach is a coach is a coach. After all, they're all using the same principle. Surely they're the same. But the truth is we're all an accumulation of our own experiences and the way we adapt and and uh, and tell, you know, help our clients is all about our experiences and what's driven us, what we've learned and how we read a particular situation. And these are things that that AIs and the like can't overrun and do because we understand the nuances of, of humanity and that we're also adapting from our own experiences of whatever's going on for us at any given point in time. And uh, that's to me has always been the big driver and passion is is being able to share that. Uh, that's why I'm doing you know just this this program as well because those stories often just get locked away, and uh, I love being able to share them. Yeah, well, I, I guess it's like as you started when you were talking about you know your grandparents being you know Holocaust survivors. I mean, you know that was one of the biggest stories in the world. And mm. it was a dreadful story, of course, we know. But there were, you know, many great stories that came out of that story. Um, uh, I'm, I'm thinking immediately of Man's Search for Meaning, Viktor Frankl, 
for example, yes. um, a very inspirational story, but it, it brings us back to our humanness, doesn't it? And, you know, it's something it, that, it as you say, an AI bot cannot do. It cannot really be human. And stories have that magical component that bring us together, don't they? They absolutely do. And, and, and it's what makes it, what makes you relatable to the next person, you know, because it, stories reveal a lot about your values. It, 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 you know, um, you know, just that snippet of that story tells you very strongly that family means a lot to me that, um, yes. you know, it's going to reveal, you know, my religion, it's going to reveal lots of things um, about me with just a small area. And if you relate to that, you're going to want to engage and hear more. If you don't relate to that, that's fine because that means our values don't align with one another. There's nothing wrong with that. It just means someone else might be more suitable to your needs than I am. And and it goes both ways, of course. And and I think that that's, uh, that's what that is, those stories. And, and those stories that we're connected to have an influence on us. You know, I, I've, there's been, uh, there's, I know there's been some research in that. It's really interesting to think about this, you know, survivors um, have their story and, and it's a, it's a, a very dramatic story. And there's so many amazing stories within those stories. You know, I'm fortunate that my grandparents wrote for us, for the family, a book um, about their story. And it's, unbelievable what they did to to survive and then that obviously has an impact on the next generation that comes through but in fact it's actually the generation after that my generation which is being impacted even more so than perhaps my parents generation was and um so those stories and that legacy of being able to continue those things as well because that's the truth is is that generation that was my grandparents my grandparents passed away some time ago but that generation is almost completely gone now anyway because those people are all in their late 80s at at the youngest and mostly in their in in their 90s and so there's a, a you know a carriage of their stories needing to go forward but there's also the implications of what happened and what that does to you you know psychologically as well as um you know that drive that you might have as well so I, I, there's a lot that goes on in all of those things and stories are so so powerful in being able to do that and i i often talk to people about how they say oh this is, you know story and business surely they don't go together but but they do it's 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 what makes you memorable and mm, and if you absolutely. don't if you don't think, and I often say this to people that anyone listening right now, I don't know who's listening right now, and I don't certainly don't know anything about you. And and yet I can guarantee you know the story of Noah's Ark. And I guarantee that you have two reactions to it. You believe it or you don't believe it. But either way, it's an emotional reaction. And either way, you know the story. That's incredibly powerful. And business has to do the same you you know if you think about the brands that you love they're all busy building stories around the image that they want to project and who they want to engage with most and every you know many of those big corporate brands spend a lot of money trying to develop stories but at a small business level it's very um it, it's very much about the individuals that are in that are running it and it's their stories that we need to share. The, the reason an accountant is not an accountant is because of the stories of the people that are behind it. 
and the way that they interpret things and their stories behind it, who they work with and who they want to deal with. That's what the power is. And that to me is his story is, is everything that I love sharing and and in every aspect of what I do, even, even in parts of the business where we build websites, it's still about storytelling. You know, for me, the, the, you know, my, my um, better biz program is about storytelling. Branding is about storytelling. When I'm working one-on-one with clients in my navigator program, it's about building those stories and unlocking all the keys to that so that we can work out ways to share them uh, with more people. And that's the power of it. And it's what engages each of us. I'm completely on page with you there. It's, you know, when we do our speaker training program, of course, our students say, what am I going to talk about? Where am I going to start? And the answer that I will often give to our students in, you know, to answer that question is you start off by making that audience feel welcome. Be very quick with that because they're going to expect that. But now give them the unexpected. Tell them your story. Tell them what, why you've earned the right to stand up in front of them. And, you know, that all comes down to a story. And the, the biggest fear pattern that most people from a public, you know, public speaking perspective have is they're going to come out with information and data and they've got to remember that. And their biggest fear pattern is what if I forget it? You'll never forget your own story. No. You know, if you come out with statistics and numbers and percentages, you're likely to forget those. So don't start with those. Start with your story. So it, it's hugely, hugely relevant. How important do you think it, it really is? You, you mentioned this earlier about business and stories. A lot of people don't glue them together and join those dots. But you and I both know how important stories are. But why do you think businesses don't really fully grasp how important a story is? I think most businesses don't understand the principle of engaging and marketing to audiences. And I prefer to use the term engagement to marketing because I think marketing has this broad um, term that people don't really understand, but the idea of engaging people people understand a little bit better. I I think that most people say, oh, I don't need to, you know, I I hear this all the time. I don't really do any marketing. And I said, well, where did you get your clients from? Oh, they've mostly come from referrals and, and, uh, and you know, started off with people we know. So how did you get them? You know, at the end of the day, you're engaging with people, right? Even And, and, yeah. and most of us relate to the idea that um, we've all picked up clients from this scenario. We get invited to a friend's place who's invited other friends along. And they say, to, and of course, you meet the person, hey, Rick, nice to meet you. What do you do? Oh, you know, this is what I do. This is what I do. Oh, and someone says, oh, you might, oh, that they have something that's relatable. And you start trading stories with one another. Yes, I had someone who did this, or I knew someone who did this, or do you do this something? Because I've had this experience. And that's where you, you're, you're basically throwing stories at one another to work out is there a potential relationship here? And 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 that happens at a personal level as much as a business level, right? Because if you throw stories at one another, if if, if you meet someone at a party and they're like, oh, you know, I'm I'm single. I've never never wanted to have a, a family. I work, you know, I, I make sure I work, you know, 
six or seven days a week and I'm usually working, you know, 16-hour days and you've got someone else who's there and saying, oh, look, I'm very much a family person. I work in between. I've got older kids. Like the truth is, is you're just not going to have a relationship because your value system is completely different. And you get that by trading a few stories. And so you might enjoy each other's company at that particular event, but chances are you never see each other again. But we've all been in that situation where you've met someone and you've maybe even become tighter friends than the original person that invited you to their place in the first place. So it is to me, it's just, it's human nature. That's how we 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 do that by trading stories. And you can either be waiting for those one-on-one opportunities to say, oh, Rick, could you invite me over to your place this weekend and make sure you invite some people I don't know? Like that's just not going to happen that often. Um, and the same is turning up only at networking events. You only meet so many people all the time. That's why the power of, of using, you know, immediate social media tools, websites, and those sorts of things, and being able to share your story, bigger events where you can share your stories. That's where people will go. Oh, that's the guy I want to deal with. And I know when we spoke in a previous podcast, that's how you built your audience, right? It's, it's, it's that sharing that, sharing that story and then more people wanting to share, you're going to love Rick and what he does. And that's where that power is because you give them that story to share. Yeah, there's a there's a thing that I remember seeing some of Robert Dilt's work many years ago, which he calls logical levels. And it goes from essentially environment, behavior, capabilities, values, beliefs, and the big one, spirituality or why you do what you do. And so a lot of people will start from an environment, you know, why are you here? Where do you live? And then there will be some people that start a conversation at the next level, which is your behaviors. So why do you do what you do? And now we're starting to get to a story level we're getting to a point of story or or deeper level engagement. And some people are always very shallow in, you know, where do you live? Where do you come from? But a lot of people don't take that next level step. Why did you live there? Where were you before that? And that starts forming the connections and stories. So absolutely. do, do you have a, uh, a formula to start, like, you know, for, for people listening right now, they're probably thinking, oh, gee, do I really have a story in my business? Where do you typically think that they should start to get more engagement in their business from the story perspective? Well, I think, uh, and I know we've, we've spoken about it before as well, is that the why and purpose is so incredibly important. I think digging into that um, and understanding why you're involved in that particular business and the story behind that. And, you know, sometimes it dates back a long way. Sometimes it's it, you have to scratch a lot further to do it. And, I, I you know, I, I once heard it said that the best way to get to the why is, simply get a partner or, you know, I I work with clients and do this, where effectively what you're saying to them, every time someone gives you a response, you say, but why? And until you become very annoying in doing that, um, and it's until you get to a moment where you kind of feel the, you know, the tingles down your spine um, 
and remember something that you didn't remember otherwise. You know, it does take a bit of prompting. I know I worked with a, a client recently where she um, was doing a particular aspect of the law and uh, and she's been doing it for a long time. And I kind of went, well, why do you do that? She went, oh, I don't know, just always done it. And I said, well, why'd you become a lawyer in the first place? She goes, eh, just chose law. And I went, but law takes a lot of effort to to study for and you need to be pretty smart to do it. I said, so you could have chosen just about any career you wanted to. You know, you've obviously got the intellect to be able to do that. And and we kept pushing and pushing in it. And then we sort of took a different tact as well. And I said, tell me about your your childhood and when you came from. And suddenly it all made sense. And and it made sense to the point where I rem- I remember this. I was uh, seven thirty at night, and I was I happened to be in Bunnings with my with my wife, and suddenly I get a text message. I'm like, Who the hell is text messaging me at this time of night? And it was this particular person said, "I've had a breakthrough. I realised why I was doing what I was doing." And she sent me the whole kind of detail about her her story, and we picked that up since then. And it's and I think that that's the that's the starting point. I think you have to scratch behind that surface and find that driver, and then you have to realise that there is a story to tell that is involved in that. And because that's what's people going to relate to. I know in her particular case, it had a lot to do with um, parents that moved it from country to country. And um, there was a story that was involved in all of that. And I think that that's, uh, you know, we all are a product of all of those things. And when you share that, you bring people towards you, you know, some who might have similar stories, but others who appreciate your story and trust the journey that you've been on. Because at the end of the day, this is about building like, know, and trust. It is a very simple concept, but that is also the story arc, right? When you, it's, I say to people, when you go to a bookstore, you pick up, you look at the title of a book, and then you might read the back cover, you know, summary of it. Uh, you think, oh, I like this a little bit. And then you start reading the first chapter and you get to know some of the characters. And it's not until you've got got to that point that you start to trust the journey that you're going to go on and, and therefore finish the book. And I think that that's, this, that's what we have to do in business as well. You want to build that like, know, and trust. It's not an instant thing because unless you're selling something that's for less than $100, it's going to be about building like, know, and trust before people are willing to invest. And particularly if you're talking about you know professional service-based areas where people are potentially spending thousands of dollars with you over long periods of time. Um, you have to build that. And it starts with the story. It starts with the stories that you share before they even pick up the phone and ring you. It's it's the stories that they hear that make them want to say, this is potentially someone I could do business with because they're not just another pick your profession. And that mm. to me is is what the, the key, you have to realise that as a key starting point. And, and honestly, it does take working with someone to really get that out. And whether it's someone like me or, you know, or any number of other people, but I think you, you, it's very hard to do it on your own. I think you need someone else there to guide you and to push you and to know that um, when you're not quite there yet. Um, and, and it can so, be huge when you get that revelation. So you talk about the hero's story. You, you referenced that at one particular point, the story arc. And so right now we've got people listening to what you're talking about. 
And there, no doubt, are some people who are probably scratching their head and thinking, hmm, yeah, that's making a lot of sense. I, I would do better in my business if I absolutely knew my story and knew how to convey that throughout all my material, through my brand, through through my talks, through my social media, etc. So I'm going to ask the obvious question. How do they start with you? What's, what's, what's the first step? Well, look, really, the, the first step with me, I mean, obviously, we have a conversation because I think it's at, at, at the end of the day, you have to feel comfortable with one another, that we're the right right match for one another. And, you know, I, I, can I work with everyone? In theory, yes. In practice, um, you know, we may not have the same value alignment. We may not be the right people for one another. So it starts with a conversation. But often I like to work with people in that one-on-one scenario um, for a little while before we talk about any of the other things that we can do because it enables enables us to go a little bit deeper but to um, start changing the way you think about things. And I think that's such an important thing to do. Every business is slightly different. And one of the key questions I asked businesses early on saying, what are the percentage of clients that you have that you love? And, you know, invariably it's a, the percentage is usually around about 10 to 10 to 20% maximum. And so the, 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 the obvious thing is, is right. Do we have to ditch 80% of the clients or is it the way you're thinking about those 80% of clients that's wrong? And if you've got your story right and you get your brand right, then you can think about how you're delivering for those clients to actually turn that around. I did that with a client um, recently and we we went back and reviewed it and she's gone from a situation where it was literally that it was 5 to 10% that she loved and she's now gone, you know what, I think it's actually 95%. She worked out that even the even the small ones that she thought she hated, if she put a little twist on it that was in tune with her brand and who she is, that suddenly those little things that were more of an annoyance and small, you know, smaller clients in terms of the dollar amount and what's involved actually became quite joyful as well because she could do just something little that makes her stand out and is true to her brand and who she is that differentiates her in the market. And if you can, you can only do that by starting the, by doing the work. And I think that to me is, is it starts with a conversation. We can do an assessment on where you're at, but we basically sit down and say, look, let's start working one-on-one and giving you some of that direction, find out what you're doing, what you're not doing and start with those foundational elements and do that. And I think it's also important to realize that it's a bit like they talk about when you paint the Harbor Bridge that you, you know, once you get to the end, you've got to go back to the beginning again. And that's the same with all of this stuff. You know, a lot of this stuff requires reviewing on an annual basis because the world changes, you change. And so what's true today may not be as true in a year's time for lots of different reasons. So you've got to have a check-in and make sure that it is um, and keep tweaking and sharing those stories um, because it's always going to keep varying and, and building. Mm, excellent. So now I know we've twisted today's interview. In fact, you know, instead of you interviewing me, I'm interviewing you. So I'm going to ask you the final question and the most important question and the question you have not yet answered. What's the first step? Where can people find you? Look, the best thing for people to do is to reach out on on LinkedIn, 
on email. We'll include all of those things are going to be in the show notes for sure, and you'll be able to to find that whether you're listening to this on one of the the uh, the platforms uh, podcast platforms or you're coming to the website. Comtogether.com.au is my website, and just chick- click along there to find to booking book in a fifteen minute uh, you know catch up. Let's have a conversation and uh, and just start you know seeing where you're at and seeing if I can help you in some way or another, because that's the other thing too, that if I can't help you, chances are I probably know someone who can, and I'm more than happy to steer you in that direction and help you out if that's if that's the case, because, you know, if I can make an impact for, for you in some small way, I'm, I'm positive I can give you some insight in that 15-minute session that's going to be of value to you. And if it leads to us working together, that's fantastic. If it pushes you in another direction, that's also a great outcome. Awesome. So thank you kindly, Anthony Pearl, for reversing today and taking up my challenge. You've done a wonderful, wonderful job. And I thank you on behalf of yourself and your own company. (laughs) You have done brilliantly. Thank you. Rick, thank you so much. I love the opportunity and uh, thank you everyone for listening in.